Welcome to another edition of the Game Preview Podcast. Ethan Greenberg, Cynthia Freeland, Jet Steelers Week 4 in Pittsburgh. And this is a totally different Steelers team that I think than people are going to be used to, at least. We're going to talk about that. But this is the news, Cynthia. Diving right into the first quarter here, Robert Sala spoke to the media probably a little less than two hours ago and said that Zach Wilson, if all goes well, will start for the New York Jets on Sunday, make his season two debut. How does that change the complexity from your eyes of maybe what the Jets want to do offensively? Well, there's a couple of things that look different. The first is no matter what, it takes a moment for any quarterback on any team ever. I don't care if it's Tom Brady. He's been in the league for like 7 billion years. It takes a little bit for that chemistry to form. So it's going to be very important that those shorter passes, probably to running backs, which clearly we saw with Brees Hall this past week with Joe Flacco, those are the types of things like get it going nice and slow. You've seen it with Tua Tungavailoa having success this year. You've seen it with Daniel, or so with Mac Jones, with Daniel Jones, everyone named Jones, they are all having success starting a little bit more conservatively and then building upon that. So I think that don't be surprised if we see a little bit of conservatism to start and then adding in some of those deeper and more tricky things later on. Right, and of course, to help a young quarterback, especially after missing six weeks, hasn't played since really, I, I guess you could count the preseason opener, but that's when he got hurt. So I, I guess you really can't even count that to a degree. So here's the thing. Something that could help him is the Jets' running game, but the Jets' offensive line continues to be in flux. George Fant goes down to injured reserve. That means that there's going to be some shuffling up front. The Steelers' defensive line, even without T.J. Watt, very good. What kind of challenge is it for Zach Wilson just to have chemistry, not even with the skill players, but really make sure that everyone in front of him is protecting him? Well, I think that that is going to be, look, the strength of the Steelers team is absolutely their defense, their defensive front, and then add Minka Fitzpatrick into that as well. But it's going to be about a little bit about scheme, a little bit about getting the run game going. It's going to be about finding those areas. The the team is different. The Steelers are different without TJ Watt. It does help a little bit. You know, they still have a lot of pro bowlers, all pros, guys who are potentially Hall of Famers on the front of that defense. But let outside zone rushing could be a help. And I do think that Robert Sala is uniquely, uniquely positioned to help orchestrate what the right thing to do here is because he knows a thing or two about bringing the heat. So that's an opportunity here for, you know, like I said, conservative, short game plans, figuring out how to read the defense a little bit so you can find those moments where there is no pressure or there's less pressure for Zach Wilson to operate with. How about Zach Wilson's mobility being a factor in potentially masking certain problems for an offensive line. Like, do you think that Joe Flacco being 37 years old, not the most mobile guy, like you think adding someone who's youthful and definitely has mobility like Zach Wilson could potentially mask some issues if there are up front? They absolutely, it absolutely could. And that does absolutely help. I mean, you've seen a lot of, a lot of the quarterbacks that have come out of college in the past five seasons are far better at throwing on the run than the guys who came out six to 10 years prior before that. So when I look to see, okay, yes, that, that does help. The, the problem or the, the situation is, is you need to be able to read the defense first, right? And then you can run in strategic locations that make the most sense. So don't be surprised if they're not expecting Zach to do a ton with his feet, even though he is super athletic. This is not a, it's not a knock on him. It's let's see what we've got here to read it first so that you kind of prevent the opportunity for injuries. You want to run where it makes sense. You don't just want to run and scramble where it doesn't make sense. 
And, of course, Zach Wilson had four rushing touchdowns in his last seven games of last season. Going back to that point, though, Cynthia, we kind of saw a uh, a jump from Zach Wilson from the first 13, excuse me, the first set of games to the final seven after his right knee injury last season. What are you expecting from Zach Wilson in year two with an offense once he's fully comfortable and the chemistry's there that's better at pretty much every single level? This is the league's, I know it's only three games through, but number five in terms of passing offense, that's a pretty stark contrast from last season. There's a lot more pass catchers that are creating a lot of opportunities. You see a lot of separation. You see Tyler Conklin becoming a really useful piece of this offense as well. Like There's a lot of things to really like here and opportunities in a lot of different, like, you know, Brees Hall and those short passes, that's going to be a key to all of this. I expect a big step forward for Zach Wilson, but like I said, it makes the most sense strategically for it to be rolled out in a smart way to start conservative and then build on that, as opposed to asking him and putting him in situations where he's going to be expected to just not strategically throw deep. You know, you don't want to be in third and 17. You got to be in like third and one. Then you could take a deep shot. It's a little bit different value proposition against defenses. And the Steelers defense, Outside of, you know, the front is, is very strong and Minka Fitzpatrick, they have some points of vulnerability, the 22nd ranked passing defense. Yeah, I think it's going to be fascinating just to see kind of what you were talking about. Like, assuming Zach Wilson is starting Sunday, if all goes well this week, then, yeah, you hope so, of course. But, like, what this is what Jets fans have been waiting for, to see Zach Wilson in year two with a new tight end room, you mentioned Conklin, C.J. Uzama, and Jeremy Ruckert knew. Garrett Wilson's been coming on strong. Brees Hall in the backfield. Not to mention the guys that he played with last year, like Elijah Moore and Michael Carter. Like, there are a lot of pieces here once it comes together for Zach Wilson. And this offense, I'm hoping, and Jets fans are hoping, that there's going to be a significant jump. And that leads us to our second quarter. You mentioned the Pittsburgh Steelers. This Steelers team... I know you talked about their defense and their front and as well as Minka Fitzpatrick. It doesn't feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers that a lot of people are familiar with. Is that a fair statement? I think all around it doesn't feel like the Pittsburgh Steelers team that we're used to. Obviously, you know, we'll talk about the other side of the ball there too, but all of those things work together. Football has so much compliment, complimentary. I, can't, I couldn't say that word for a second. Um, the, the fact that you have the defense kind of, like you saw in the first game, they looked absolutely like they were lights out against Joe Burrow. But remember those four turnovers by Joe Burrow and five for the team, like four interceptions. Like sometimes you get in a situation where once you've thrown two interceptions, like now you're in a high probability of throwing another one because you're in these obvious passing situations. That being said, there's a lot of things with this Steelers defense that aren't quite, they're not quite as quick. Obviously no TJ Watt makes a huge difference Mm -hmm. in that but they're not getting as much burst off the line of scrimmage as we're used to from them. We're used to them just being vicious and they're vicious, but it does take a little bit of sting out of it without TJ coming off the edge. But it's, it just feels like we're seeing a muted version of the Steelers compared to compared to what we typically see from them. Yeah. And in place of TJ, well, not even in place, but Alex Highsmith, four and a half sacks leads the NFL. So it's not like TJ Watt has dissipated and the, so has the Steelers pass rush TJ Watts dealing with his own injury, but the Steelers pass rush still very much a factor. Also, this is a crazy stat that, that, that we looked up the other day as we were having some fun in the office, the Pittsburgh Steelers have led the NFL or tied for the league lead in sacks 
each season from 2017 through last year, which is incredible. That's an incredible run. Obviously, T.J. Watt has a lot to do with that. But without him, the Steelers haven't won a game. They're 0-6 without T.J. Watt in the lineup. What's the recipe here to beat the Steelers? And the recipe is to keep everything in manageable downs and distances. I like this fun stat. It's not highly predictive, but the Steelers are 1-8 when they've allowed at least 20 points since the beginning of last season. So it's like, okay, we'll just score 21 points then, right? <laughs> Obviously. But the reality is, is the teams that have been able to score that much, they have been keeping themselves in manageable downs and distances and thinking about time of possession and keeping the ball so that you're forcing the other side of that ball which has some question marks at the quarterback position, force them to make some mistakes, right? So, so the reality is, is to find drives that are sustained, that are, you know, limit. It's the same thing every quarter. No turnovers, third down percentage, good in the red area, those types of things. But the reality is, is keep everything in manageable downs and distances so you're not doing anything high risk because the Steelers defense is a bit high risk, high reward. There's a reason 20, I think it's 25th against the past 22nd against like these, the 25th and 22nd or whatever the opposite ways you can create some yards on these guys, but it's also, you can also create some turnovers. So the reality is, is that stay away from high risk reward stuff, go for more like things that are tried and true, not vanilla. That's not, it's not boring. I'm not saying be boring. I'm saying more just, Get easy wins on first down, second down, third you down. You know, I, I'm glad you mentioned the stat that I'm about to repeat just because I think it, it's worth repeating. The Steelers are 1-8 and eight in games. They allow more than 20 points since 2021. That, so that's really 21. like – Yeah. It, it's, hey, so score 21. It, it's, it's an incredible stat because it, it really shows how good that defense has been, like on the flip side, but also kind of shows – that they haven't been able to to win the shootout games. And you, you see, you think about what the Steelers have been historically, and it feels like they're good defense, and they, they always find a way to win. That is a very interesting number. And also, like, this is a much different team in so many facets, which leads us to the third quarter and the Steelers quarterback, Mitch Trubisky. Oh, you didn't have halftime? No halftime? Oh, you're right. You're right. You're right. I messed up. I messed up. That's on me. That's on me. All right, we, we got to do half. I'm getting yelled at by you. I'm getting yelled at by our producer. You're right. Exactly. Right. Halftime. You know what? Okay. We got to go in the locker rooms. We got to regroup. We've got to change our strategy if things aren't working. Like, come on. That's, that's, that's okay. the whole thing. I need to sit right, here. coffee. A little right neck here. crack. little neck crack. All right. All right, I'm back. I, I had a moment. I slipped. What are we talking about? You got something that you want to bring up here? You know, I think I want to talk about the fact that this is the, through three games, overall, league-wide, the entire league, not just one particular team. This is the fewest points we've seen through three weeks since 2010. What were you wow. doing in 2010? Were you in middle school? Like, what, what was going on? <laughs> in 2010, mm -hmm. I was not in middle school. I was uh, a sophomore in high school. And my dean, who was my dean? In 10th grade, I think was Miss Sanders. Mm -hmm. And I was... In high school and playing baseball. Well, no, 2010. Yeah, no, no, baseball was in the spring. So that would, yeah, well, I guess I would have been, yep, yep, yep. No, I still would have been playing baseball. And that that's what I was doing. That That's my 2010. Um, I was living in Hoboken in 2010. Wow. I was going to, I was wondering where Cynthia Freeland was in the United States Hoboken. in 2010. 
I was wow. in Hoboken. Yep. I lived on 13th street. I'm not going to say the address cause I don't know who lives there now, but I lived on 13th street <laughs> in Hoboken. I loved it. I used to take the ferry to work. I was working yeah. at the NFL league office. I used to take the ferry. It was like my happiest eight minutes of the day. It was great. Did you, when you lived in Hoboken, did you live by the water or did you have a nice little walk to the water to take uh, the ferry? Uh, not far from the water, not far okay. from the water. Yep. Like and, maybe and three blocks. Not bad. And also just to really bring this full circle. First of all, our producer, Matt Sitkoff says in 2010, he was working at ESPN living in Connecticut. <laughs> I did so. that after I moved okay. to Connecticut at, let's see. I, I think I was like 14. Yeah. All right. I so uh, all full circle. Let, no, let's bring this full circle now. Cause I live in Hoboken but I live downtown Hoboken. I like Hoboken. I'm going to come visit you there. I'm like a big Hoboken fan. You you are always welcome to Hoboken. Oh, you be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's talk before we get into the third quarter, as I rudely skipped over halftime, what was Cynthia Freeland's favorite restaurant in Hoboken circa 2010? Wow, that's, that's a, a really question. hard question. And for those that's who don't know, like Hoboken's very Italian and it's known for, for sandwiches, which isn't really like a dinner move, but I'm gonna you know, have they, to get back to you on it because I have a lot of favorites. Like I okay. I ate a lot when I lived there because I like food and I was younger, so I could eat even more than I eat now, which is I, pretty impressive. I think that's why I live there now. I love food. It's you cook, so you, you make your Thursday night meals, yep. I make my I make some Jets meals and we get after it. Perfect. So, I love it. I have to get back to. I have to think about which one was my favorite. I've just talked to some of my friends and see which one was my favorite. Yeah. Okay. That will be for next week on the game preview podcast. Homework. Who doesn't love homework? You know. Miss <laughs> Freeland is assigning homework. Is that what's happening? <laughs> oh yes, Miss Fre- Miss Cynthia. Actually, my Cynthia. Uh, we you asked me before, and we should bring this up. Uh, newsflash: My neighbor, his my very cute neighbor, who talks to me about one of the Jets players, came up to me. He's like, Miss Cynthia, did Sheldon win this week? I'm going to start lying to him. Mm. If it doesn't happen, I'm just going to be like, yep, he did. <laughs> What's this kid going to know? He can't Google yet. He probably has a yeah. phone, actually. Uh, maybe yeah, 10, that's but. fair. But then you'd be lying to him, and that wouldn't be very nice. But then he's happier. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, well, and for <laughs> if you're just tuning in, this neighbor, Sheldon, is really Sheldon Rankins. So <laughs> that he just refers to Sheldon Rankins as Sheldon. I, you know what? Like I want to find Sheldon. I'm going to find Sheldon Rankins in the locker room one of these days and tell him that your neighbor calls him Sheldon. I, I'm like Sheldon Rankins is so chill. He probably like checks out. Like he's just a very chill person. Yeah. So <laughs> okay, all he's right, definitely great. do that. <laughs> that was a fantastic halftime. Thank you for 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 you getting me right because you I was. I know I did. That's on me. I will, I will never let it happen again. Mistakes are okay, but we don't make the same mistake, the same mistakes twice here on the game preview podcast, which leads us to the third quarter. We were talking about the Steelers team being different. Ben Roethlisberger, obviously no longer a part of this team. Mitch Trubisky, the starting quarterback through three games, Cynthia, what have you thought of the way that Mitch Trubisky and the Steelers offense has played? Hmm. Um, well, you talk about those passes on the run. Almost a quarter of his passes have been attempted on the run, which is interesting. I'm, I guess what I'm trying to say is, is this is not an impressive offensive line. Um, it's that, and by the way, just, just so everyone, if everyone's keeping track at home, Trubisky is, has the second highest percentage of passes thrown on the run second to Daniel Jones. So mm-hmm. in, interesting, interesting note there. Um, 
I think that this team has some great pieces. Like Deontay Johnson is probably a bit underrated. They haven't been able to get Najee Harris going the way that they would need him to go. And it's probably the case where like, when will we see, and, and I hate this like argument, when will we see Kenny Pickett and like, you know, all, but, but really kind of when will we see Kenny Pickett? Because <laughs> it's look like this, the offense is what bottom five in the NFL in total yards per game, yards per play, passing yards per game, passing yards per attempt and first downs per game. So if all of those things are in the bottom five. Sometimes you see a change like, and it's not even necessarily Mitch Trubisky's fault. But I do think that this O-line has let him down considerably. Well, going off the O-line point, I feel like a lot of people thought that the Steelers like are going to hand the ball to Najee Harris and they're going to let him do his thing. And then that's how they're going to create big plays. Do you think that the offensive line basically hasn't allowed Najee to do this? Because Najee last year was a top five statistical running back in terms of rushing yards. I, I think it's possible that like... I don't know what banged up means, right? I don't think he's, I don't know what percentage healthy he is. You know, you saw him come out of games. His injuries are not something to mess around with. I think that if he were, if he were a bit more healthy, it might look a little bit, I don't know. I'm not a doctor and he's, you know, he's not saying I can just observe the speed is not as fast as it was that. So, and we've heard about injuries. So it, it feels like perhaps some of it's that, but also, some of it is on the, the structure of like what they're what they're calling, right? Like we've seen some we've seen some interesting passes to Deontay Johnson, but and then big Pat Fryermuth. I don't know who started calling him Big Pat, but like big Pat Fryermuth, you know, has been very helpful. But it just doesn't seem like they have the creativity with some of the ways that you've seen some of these other guys get going, right? Like the Tua's, like the obviously it helps when you have the Tua's arsenal, but the Steelers have pretty good receivers in terms of their receiving core. So I don't know. I, it, it'll be interesting to see how it, this evolves and if he and if Kenny Pickett does start to start soon. Just, I know that you don't like the argument, but I feel like because we're talking about Kenny Pickett, I'm just curious, like, what were your pre-draft thoughts on Kenny Pickett? And obviously this was a quarterback class that wasn't viewed as the same way that, like, its 10 predecessors were. Yeah, well, by the way, one thing that I should add here, which is probably my favorite stat or my favorite two stats on this Pittsburgh offense, uh, they have the highest rate of three and outs in the mm -hmm. league at 31.4%, Nishkeet. And then the next one is only four offensive touchdown score so far. Yeah, but okay. both, and wait, and before you get into Kenny Pickett, both of those stats right there, probably I think if you're a Jets fan, you're thinking about the way that this defense has performed, particularly on third down, because Robert Sala said that's where the crux of the issues are right now. The Jets, they let up all of their touchdowns they let up last week against the Bengals, third down plays. The Jets right now 31st in the league in third down defense. Do you think that this has the potential to be a, a get, I'm, I'm uh, using air quotes if you're listening to the podcast, a get-right game, like a like a recalibration of the defense? I think it has a – I think both teams will have – like what Pittsburgh does is you have to look at the what third down you're in. Like I, I kind of feel like it's a little unfair to talk about the Bengals' offense in the same way that you talk about the, what's going on with the Steelers. Like they just came off of Super Bowl, and they have Joe Burrow, who's a very, very proven entity versus like you know the uh, the type of play they're calling with the personnel they have for the Steelers just not the same 
it's not the same quality, you know, like it, it feels the magnitude's a little bit different, right? So I think, I think both teams will look different on this and now we'll get a chance to see, right? Like who's getting right here because this could, this could be a, it could go either way. And I think that in this case, I think the defense here will have a good game plan for what the Steelers are bringing. Do you think that the 10 days, not even rest, more for the coaching staff, like you think that is a legitimate advantage in terms of then for the Steelers now playing the Jets who have their standard week of rest where the Steelers have a couple more days? Yeah, I think it's I think it's helpful, but it's very early in the season. So, you know, if you want it that where that 10, the 10 days makes a little bit more sense is once we kind of know what we're looking at from these teams this year, more than any year, we don't know what it is very hard to see what you're looking at in part because there have been so many injuries and in part because a lot of huge name players, not just big name players, but huge name players in key positions. We had more quarterbacks move, more big name wide receivers move. There was just a lot of change. So I don't even know if we know the identity of teams yet. And in doing so, then it doesn't, it's not that you're, it's not helpful. It's just that it's not as helpful as if you had it like week 11, week 12, when you have a little bit of an opportunity, Oh, we know who these Packers are. Oh, we know who these whatever are. Right. Yeah. That, that makes sense. It's just, I feel like that's something that a lot of fans will point to. They'll be like, well, the Steelers are coming off 10 days rest. Uh, actually then the next week, the jets have the dolphins who are also playing on Thursday night football this week, which means they will also be coming off 10 days rest. So just something to think about if you're a Jets fan, what Cynthia just said, which brings us to our fourth quarter, the skill players, both teams. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. He has, he he's a, an underrated player, I think to your point. And that core between him, Claypool, Chase Claypool and George Pickens, very talented, what do Sauce Gardner and DJ Reed need to expect from those guys? And obviously we talked about the offensive line struggle, so it feels like this could again be a good matchup for the Jets. Well, first of all, we need to point out that the week after we had we ate Sauce's sauce on chicken, he had, you know, two pass breakups. He stopped a crucial <laughs> fourth and one run. I mean, he held Jamar. The Jets held Jamar Chase in check. 29 yards, last I checked, that's not a lot. It's the third fewest mm -hmm. he's had in his career in a game. So, you know, the, there's a lot to like there. And I, I'm not going to say it's because we ate the sauce, but there's no evidence but, to but support But you're saying it. You're saying not. it. No, I mean, yeah. we just don't – we can't prove that it's not because we ate the sauce. That's a great point. I think that – I think we had something to do with it. I think we did. I think we should give ourselves some credit. It just – listen, it's all these tiny little things. Just add them all up together, and eventually you get something great. <laughs> Um, anyways, but uh, yeah, no. but you were impressed with the way he played. I mean, obviously, how could you not be? Yes. That that was like one of the silver linings of the game, even though the result wasn't what the team wanted. I mean, look, you got to look at individual performances here because they add up to a lot. And remember, the Bengals were coming off of a weird situation, and they're still the Super Bowl runners up. Like that's it's not like you know they're they're not a totally different team this season. So it is, that is a quality loss. Like if you're going to have, a, if you're going to take an L, take an L to a quality team, right? Like that's, it, it's unfortunate to lose it all, but it's, it's not like you're sitting here being like, and we lost to a team who we were supposed to beat by 15 points. Not happening. Right. So on, I was just going to say on the, sorry to cut you off. You know, I didn't mean to do that, but on the flip side for the Steelers, this is an advantage for the jets, right? The Steelers corners. You talked about Minka, but the Steelers' corners, are they one of the areas of 
potential exploitment for this Jets receiving core? Mm-hmm. Yeah, the corners certainly are. So, like, say first on the on the side with George Pickens and how mm-hmm. they're they're going to defend this team. I think there'll probably be a lot of sauce on on you know Deontay Johnson just because I do think if you if you track Johnson's routes and his ability to create separation, he is he is the most open one right so far through three games. So that does feel like something that matters. George Pickens is we we saw in preseason he had some pretty spectacular catches and it's he's fun to watch. So, but I don't think he's as much of a threat. Neither is Chase Claypool. So I, I, I'm going to be, I think it's going to be, I do think that in the case of adding together the O-line with the passer, we're assuming it's Mitch Trubisky, obviously, and the, I think it's actually advantage for, uh, in many ways here, for what the Jets do best, bring some pressure, and then back it up with good play in the, in, with, at the corner position. You know, it's interesting, just looking at the height, uh, advantages in terms of receiver corner. George Pickens is a big guy. I remember seeing him at the combine and being like, wow, this is this is a very large human. He's 6'3". If he were to line up against DJ Reed, who's 5'9", like that could be a potential mismatch. But DJ Reed, play, uh, game in and game out, season over season, has shown that it doesn't matter how tall you are, he hangs with the best of them. I saw a tweet today that said he has the second lowest passer rating allowed in man coverage. PFF put that out there. And so he's been great along with Sauce, which means that the Jets have, at least so far this season, and the numbers kind of show it, have been able to devote a little more to the run game, which has improved that that average. The Jets rank sixth in the NFL in terms of rushing yards allowed per carry. And we've seen that compared to last season where it definitely was not that number. But then when we talk about this Jets skill player group, we talked about how revamped it is potentially with Zach Wilson. You mentioned Tyler Conklin. Is this the area where the Jets need to exploit in order to have a chance to win Sunday, the secondary minus Minka Fitzpatrick? Well, yes, and you know, stay away from Minka Fitzpatrick. But apart from that, it is definitely the area. Plus, you've already seen this offense use a diversity of pass catchers. The Jets actually lead the NFL with six different players that have at least 10 receptions. So that's the most different – okay, this is bad English – the most different pass catchers. Yes, maybe that's right. Anyways, they have the most people who are whatever the most people with at least double digit receptions in the league. So you're seeing them mix up the different looks and that's an advantage, especially that, you know, it feels like without TJ Watt, there's an opportunity to have just a tick more time. And then that will create some opportunity for separation. We've seen Garrett Wilson be awesome at creating separation. And I think that that will continue kind of with, with the whole theme of everything. You just got to, it's way easier to throw the ball to someone if they're open. Yeah. I, I, I'm no, I'm no professional, but what you just said makes a lot of sense to me. You know, one thing that the, that numbers, I don't know if they have an answer or any kind of indicator is home field advantage. The Pittsburgh Steelers fan base, definitely very dedicated and devoted. The jets, I think kind of saw some of that in Cleveland. That was their home opener. The Cleveland Browns, the jets miraculous comeback in week two, is there anything that any number or anything that has anything to do with home field advantage in terms of regular season game? Because I don't feel like there is, which then leads me to part two is what is your take on the Pittsburgh Steelers home field advantage? So part of, you know, it was this whole thing about like, Oh, Ben Roethlisberger at home. It's a thing, right? Like, but <laughs> the reality is, is there, there you're missed that. That's the important part. Ben Roethlisberger 
at home. He and and you have to also remember, look at the schedule, who they played, who they played week before. The home field advantage is good for sound and things like penalties and things like, you know, making people like when they're doing this a lot, like I can't hear, right? But it's not necessarily like in a vacuum, not super helpful. Weather does matter. There are some things that that do, that do provide some level of advantage. It's just very hard to use that same set of data and data points with a different quarterback. They've had the same quarterback for forever. So yep. now that they have a change, I don't know if I think that that like advantage is as strong. Certainly the noise level is strong, but you know, the jets have that with all of their away games and every team has that with all of their away games. So I don't know if it's, it's not quite as pronounced there. It's not as loud as Seattle. It's not, it's not quite as pronounced as like, we'll see, you know, how about that? We'll see. I guess we will see. We'll see on Sunday, week four. Also, when you did this, it made me think of earmuffs from old school. But that's another thing that the Jets' offensive line is going to have to work through because if they, if they got some mix-ups, obviously, without George Fant in the lineup, they have players who have played in prior games like Connor McDermott, but we might see some of this on Sunday, the earmuffs. But that, that's really all I have. That concludes our fourth quarter. Is there anything else that you want to throw out there before, whether it's football related or not, before we wrap up? I mean, I think you need to have Tyler Conklin on your fantasy team if you don't. Because first of all, like, you know, he's tied in number three through through right now in points. That's pretty good. I pretty would say so. Good. Yeah. Um, and number two, like is that PPR I, league just for for those PPR. watching at home? Okay, PPR. Yes, I I don't know the scoring for non PPR. I don't know what, whatever. I have yeah. I just stopped paying attention. Me neither, but I, you know I do know it exists. I do. Yeah, I just I, I can't I can't be bothered <laughs> with that. But no, but I think that like people forget that like the Garrett Wilson too. So you got to go pick these guys up if you don't have them on your fantasy team because then not only do you get to play with good players, but also it's players that are your you get to be a fan of. Like this is a win win situation here. How's your fantasy team doing? Before um, we got, wrap up here, which one? I'm in a few too many leagues this year. Okay. But I, How many like, leagues are you in? Four, which is down from from the eight that I was in last year. But whoa, that is yeah. that four is a lot. Yeah, I mean, look, I'm I'm on a show called Fantasy Live, so I guess I have to like you know, yeah, like should probably figure it out. But you know, it's it's interesting. <laughs> but I, I I do think like my good strategy for um you know, like pick, go pick up Tyler Conklin because like other people have buys and tight end is something where people will be like, yeah. Oh, Oh. And if he's available, people will steal him. So go stash him now. And I'm, I'm a big fan of that. Like big proponent okay. of that. Go stash him. I, I think it's a great idea. And if you're a fantasy player and you're listening to that, there you go. It's free advice. I remember last week we said that we were going to get free business advice. That's maybe like, that could be a metaphorical business decision if you have some uh, some dollar bills involved in your fantasy league. I agree. I'm trying to think if we have any good business. Would you have any good business advice this week? What's, what what are you bringing Me? with? No, mm-hmm. my, my, my best business advice this week would be don't pay retail for anything because there's always some kind of coupon. There's always some kind of free shipping code. There's always something. There's, and so that's where I stand. That's where I stand. You don't pay 100% for it unless maybe it's food or something. But even then, maybe not. Yeah, no, I, I definitely, I, I abide by that. I did that thing. You know, we talk about CVS before. I did that thing where, like, you know, I had the coupon and I, like, spent right up to, like, whatever the <laughs> yeah. limit was to get all of it off. And it felt so good. It yeah. So satisfying. <laughs> I was like, you, you mean like when I get these staples the for less. The yeah. That? You mean, like, when you scan the thing at the end and all the numbers start coming off and then. And it's, like, it's an adrenaline rush. I know. 
it's like it's it's magic. It's great. <laughs> that, that, I'm, that's I'm a great fighting way. inflation one CVS coupon at a time, you know? That is the right way to go about it, I think. And that is the perfect way to end the game preview podcast. Week four, Jets Steelers in Pittsburgh as the Jets have a chance to go two and two through their first four games. Of course, Zach Wilson, a likely chance, or maybe not likely. I but, hope he does it. Come on. Yeah, let's, let's we, we hope he does. I'm going to say likely to put like the good, good juju situation. out there. Yeah, medically cleared. Just hoping that all goes well this week, like Robert Sala said, which means that we'll get to see Zach Wilson in year two make his debut. That rhymes, and that's how we end this episode. Wait. Oh. We have, we have to. Uh-oh. Okay. Yeah. I love when people throw touchdowns to people who have the same last name. I see. What I, so you're saying a little Zach to Garrett Wilson connection? I mean – Listen, it's funny. It's just all funny. Like it's it's all funny. Yeah. I like when Josh Allen sacks Josh Allen. Not that I want anyone to get yeah. hurt or whatever. I like when people with the same name, like when stuff Wilson to Wilson Pat. So what do you think the like <laughs> you're a you're you like do the talking for a living? What's like the what would be your call if that Ooh. when that happened? When that happened? Like how would I distinguish them or like, what would No, like you know, you like so obviously last week you saw like Sauce go up against Jamar Chase, and I think it yeah. was <clears throat> who was on the call? Was it guy? My was it guy? My it was guy, Iron Iron. Eagle. I love Iron Eagle. Me too. Um, he was like one in a battle of one versus one, and like it was, yeah. it was great. So, what would your what's your call going to be when it's mm. Wilson? Well, Wilson, Wilson yeah. to Wilson touchdown pass. So Greg Gumble, I believe, is on the call this week, and he will do a much better job of what I would do. But if I were on the call, I would probably say something along the lines of the like Wilson finds the other Wilson or something like that. And then, and then that, that's kind of where my mind is going off the top. If I had more time to prepare, I could probably come up with something a little better. Yeah. But, um, well, listen, I put you on the spot here, but I think it's worth thinking about because you're going to need to like come up with the right thing here. So that that, like, cause this, this is like, this is a lot of, there's a lot of like famous Wilson things like that you could, that you could tie into this. So yeah. I don't know. Just be, just be, this is, this is, I, I'm putting this on you. Like I do the math, you do the talking. Great. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> that teamwork makes the dream work. That's it, right? You get the math. I get the linguistics come together. Game preview podcast. There you Perfect. go. Which, which makes also, which leads me to say, rate us, subscribe, YouTube, like, Spotify. Yep. yep. Everywhere. All comment, everything. And uh, now that I'm thinking about it, last question. Do you like, Wilson to the other Wilson or Wilson to the younger Wilson better? Well, the fact that they're like both pretty young is funny. I know. I, I, I was just Googling their age just to make sure that they yeah, are younger. It's possible that it's, I mean, you never know these people with the ages. So, I mean, I like both of those. I feel like though, like given your level of creativity with a little bit of thought, I feel like you could like, there's like, you know, there's obviously like the there's references from like you know a Tom Hanks movie. There's references yeah. that, like to tennis. There's references. There's a lot of things Wilson can do here. There's a lot of okay. directions. Mr. Wilson, like from Dennis the Menace. Like you've got mm. a lot of different ways that you could play this. So I'm just trying to think like what would be the most New York of Wilsons. Like maybe our maybe people will write in the comments. Like maybe that's yeah. something they can reply to us with. Yeah, I would like that because now that I'm hearing you say all this stuff, I'm like, wow, my fake call of the Zach to Garrett Wilson touchdown was bad. It's it not sucks. bad. It's, no, <laughs> definitely not. Like you just got like I just feel like 
I, my expectations are high because I just know how good you are. So, oh, thank. I appreciate that. You know? Untapped potential. I see you. you you're making untapped. me trying to reach my potential with the call. No, it's not untapped. It's totally tapped. Did you listen to the rest of this pod? You did great. But the, the <laughs> this is just coming up. This is prep for the. This is prep for the game. That's yeah. all. Okay. All right. Yeah. I think that I'm going to have to come up with something, and then, and for me, it might have to be in tweet form. But Perfect. if I think of something, I will let you know, and then I will let everybody else know because I, I think we're I think we're on to something. We are certainly are. Okay, great. Well, thank you again for joining us early earlier on the West Coast. Not that early. It's, it's probably kind of late for you. It's fine. Er, it's early for chicken and, and barbecue sauce, though. We've done these before when it's been like pitch black. The sun mm. is fully up. We're good. We're good. Okay. Sun's out, always in California. It's a little chillier here, but that's okay. I like it. You probably miss the, the leaves turning to some degree. I do. I just, but then once it gets to December, I'm like, yeah, no, don't miss it anymore. Mm-mm, done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. And that's how we end this podcast. Cynthia, I hope you have a wonderful week. And we'll see, we'll see what happens this Sunday. And then we'll talk to you next week. Perfect.